Hello and welcome. My name is Steven and I'm here with my co-host and wife, Jenny. Hey everyone. And you are listening to the Short-Term Rental Markets Podcast where each month we're gonna be highlighting a different market and taking a deep dive into what information you need to know to launch a successful short-term rental in that area. We're passionate about helping hosts just like us find the best locations and connect with the people who will help kickstart your journey. We'll find the local experts who can save us all time and money as we look for where to purchase our next rentals. Well, welcome back, everyone. Episode four. Yeah, yeah. episode four. Excited you guys are with us. And if this is your first time listening to Short Term Rental Markets Podcast, we're also stoked you're here, too. Yeah. Maybe you came just for Orlando because you were like, I want a house there. Yeah. In the right place. That would be awesome. Yep. Um, we just got done with an incredible interview with uh, Justin, uh, who's an agent down there, been an agent for about 10 years, was super knowledgeable and um, definitely got me excited, the prospect of, of continuing to look down there for a house. And yes. Excited for you guys to hear that interview. But yeah, before we get to that, we had some exciting stuff happen in our life. In our life? In our life. It's a big <laughs> announcement. No, uh, we actually just got back from a trip. To our short-term yes. rental in yeah. the Poconos, Pennsylvania. Yeah. We, we our first guests were welcomed June 15th of 2022. And so this was our first time being back out there since, since it's been open, which has been, what, five months now? Yeah, about five months. Yeah, And it was a great trip overall. We took our yeah. one-year-old or no, three-year-old. three-year-old. <laughs> We'd not take a one-year-old on a transcontinental flight. We're from Seattle. We own remotely. So it's uh, yeah. it's not exactly like we just drive across town. Yeah, no. Um, Took our three-year-old and Steven's parents, and it was a very productive trip. Yes. It was, done. yeah, we got lots done, but it was also kind of eye-opening of like, okay, like what do we actually need to start like mm-hmm. paying attention to more regularly? Yeah. Like, yeah, just things on the outside of the house and things inside of the house. Mm-hmm. We had to have a couple tougher conversations with some contractors that we yeah, work with and there. yeah, the team out there and yeah, just to kind of make sure that we are putting our best foot forward yeah. for our guests and making sure that they have a five-star experience every single time. And Yeah. One of the things that was unique that um, I didn't even think about when we, when we got the home, but uh, was like the ex, like our cleaners take care of the interior of the house and kind of easily accessible exterior portions. But like yeah. who really takes care of the outside of the house? Yeah. And... Like we have landscapers that do like, leaf blowing yeah. and lawn maintenance for us but like who's washing like, the windows on the outside and we pulled up and there's literally a bird's nest like off of one of our ring cameras <laughs> yeah, just like, like hanging down and yeah like, and yeah just cobwebs in different yep, places yep. and yeah so it's like okay this is something we need to think about yeah. and our cleaners told us like hey typically people around here they have it sprayed the outside soft sprayed wash. down soft washed yep. a couple times a year at least we're like okay this is something we need to yeah. add to our list yeah. and make sure we get done yeah so it's super productive too yeah. a lot of like odds and ends jobs a lot of repainting drywall patching yes. yeah i got to put up christmas decorations Ooh. kind of wintry decorations yeah. so yep yeah me i drug my my dad bless his soul uh, to the crawl space of the house we insulated all the pipes because it gets cold down there and uh and we knew this when we bought the house but our uh that for some reason the door to the crawl space was left open it looked like for months yeah, during inspections we yeah found it. and uh and there was actually a bear den in our crawl space no bear thankfully no bear they had already um, woken up but the bear had literally pulled all of the all the fiberglass insulation out uh, from between the floor joists and the crawl space to build his little his little bed, 
Um, super destructive yeah. little guys. Yeah. Big guys, I guess. Left some poop down there. Left some, felt like bear scat. Scat. Yeah. <laughs> I like it how you just like jump to some foreign accent when you say that. Um, <laughs> it was a really, really good trip. It was real fun having our daughter out there too. And yeah. just getting, I think that's one of my favorite things about doing like short-term rentals is like it kind of turns into a family yeah, it does. thing. When yeah, and she'd been hearing us talk about the Poconos and our house in the Poconos yeah. for months and months and months. And yeah, like, great. yeah, she was very excited when we got there. Yep. So good trip. Mm-hmm. Um, well, one other section that uh, I love and we get to do together that just helps us really get in this together as hosts. Yes. Um, or if you're looking to jump into this world and become a host, uh, a section that we call. Bossy. 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 Mm-hmm. Where we each month highlight a guest that's either very confused or very demanding. Yes. Um, and I feel like month one, we did the confused guest. Month two, we did demanding. I would say this month is actually a combination of both. Yeah. Like uncomfortably demanding. Uncom- and uncomfortably confused. Bossy. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Potentially. Uh, so Jenny, go ahead and tell us what our, what our story is this month. Yeah. So this one came in anonymously, so we're not quite sure sure who submitted it to us but thank you for whoever you are um so this host they actually rent a room out of their own house that they live in and he said that when this guest arrived she was very noisy but after about 30 minutes she finally fell asleep um i was asleep myself when suddenly i was awoken up by her trying to sneak into my bed i asked her what she was doing and told her to use the other room that she had rented she refused and wanted to cuddle with me mm. also saying she would be willing to pay more for the cuddles is that illegal <laughs> i don't think so okay <laughs> i'm sorry keep going um he said i told her quite aggressively to use the other room or to leave at that point, she simply got mad at me and left after or left his room. After about 15 minutes, she bursts back into my room, comes in trying to sell me or trying to sell me some sort of organic product called Vitamin Plus. So I was furious. She kept going on and on for about an hour before she almost fell asleep standing up in the doorway. But she gave me five star review. Yes. Get that five star. <laughs> right? There's... After all of that, I would hope she would leave a five star review. Two things that I feel like underserved markets. One, uh, can you offer cuddling as like an add on, like on Turo, how you can like add on a car seat? <laughs> like have it. Yeah. Well, I know professional cuddling is a thing. Like if you look it up. Yeah, it is. It's strange. I'm not sure who would want to do that but i know on either thing. side yeah, of that. Either i know side. that's a whole like yeah that's but if you do idea. that no offense yeah I, I mean yeah maybe there's a whole market in airbnbs that's on top the second side is what are the odds this lady booked this house just so she could have a captive audience to pitch vitamin plus oh maybe like that's also another side it's like <laughs> you like cut co knives and you just book airbnbs and just like sell to the host sell to the host <laughs> so funny yeah. Well, good job getting the five-star review on yeah. that. She was a little bossy. A little bossy, but that's awesome. Well, we're going to jump into this interview together. We love Orlando. Yes. Um, would love mm. eventually to get a, a spot down there and just some really good information that came out of this interview with Justin. And fun fact, he actually has a whole YouTube channel yes. and a bunch of other content um, that, that we'll talk about. And, yeah. Uh, and can put some links yeah, to some of his stuff yep, in the show yep, notes. Yep, get you connected with him in the show notes. and um, Yeah, it was a great interview. So I think that's it. Let's jump yeah, in together. let's jump in. Well, Justin, it is good to see you again, to meet you. How is everything going today? 
Gosh, great to be here, guys, in sunny Orlando, Florida. The weather is great down here, and can't wait to talk about short-term rentals with you guys. Yeah. I feel like you got you to rub that in, knowing that I we're know. from Seattle. We just we were telling Justin we had a big windstorm last night where, like, trees are coming down. I guess you guys get hurricanes, though, so it's not all, like— Well, yeah, I mean, we just had Hurricane Ian come through and snapped a few trees. Some minor flooding, but most everything was good, especially those newer homes, nice and built up. But— yeah. uh the weather's really crispy right now. Nice and not too humid now. Oh, that's so nice. That's good good well, fall weather. Yes. Well, Justin, tell us a little bit about, um, yeah, what you do down there, your experience, and a little bit about your background. Yeah, I mean, I've been down in Orlando since 2008. I went to school up in Boston, and when I came down to Florida, I realized you have this amazing theme parks, right, as well as local businesses and some really nice pockets of real estate and I found real estate about 10 years ago in the Windermere and Dr. Phillips corridor, which is right by Universal Studios and the back way into Disney World. So many of our customers were buying homes to live in and go to great schools, but have that ability to go to the theme parks for just a few hours mm. on the weekends and be those season pass holders, yes. right? Yeah. So, and I've watched Orlando grow and the different boroughs. We have Lake Nona. We're close to Cocoa Beach on the east side. And Tampa and Clearwater is about an hour and a half to the west side. We also have Daytona Beach and New Smyrna up to the northeast. So watching those boroughs and pockets in Orlando grow has been really exciting in real estate. And uh, the short-term rental market is definitely part of that, which we're going to talk about today. Yeah, totally. Well, tell us about, um, yeah, kind of the the history of the market out there overall. What have you seen over the last few years and um, and, you know, especially with like, uh, I feel like when I think about buying a short-term rental um, there's no greater like anchor for something than something like Disney World or Universal where like yeah. from a poll, you know, those will probably right. always be there. But, you know, we saw in COVID the shutdown like um, since then, mm. what have you seen in that market overall? And, and what how do you how do you kind of feel about it moving forward? Well, and that was such a poignant time. Right. And thinking back to early 2020. Uh, I had just started my own real estate brokerage at the time after eight years at different firms. And I was like, uh oh, this real estate thing could be really bad, but it turned out really good, right? Yeah. The boom happened. Mm -hmm. And the work from home, work from anywhere, the warm weather, and then come down to our theme parks and attractions. It was the perfect storm. So relocations were coming in like crazy. But the one soft spot in the market that had a ton of inventory was the short term rental market. Mm -hmm. And the area I'm talking about, just to give you perspective, is to the southwest of downtown Orlando along I-4. I-4 runs northeast through Orlando from Tampa all the way up to Daytona Beach. And that southwest side is where Disney is and Universal Studios. And the county line of Orange County to the north and Osceola County to the south is split along Highway 192. And that's about where that Celebration Florida neighborhood is, which is not zoned for short-term rental. But mm, yeah. just near there is where you find most of these approved short-term rental vacation homes. Mm. And uh, back 10 years ago, the builders were still building them brand new. And you could get one of them for a very cheap price, which mm -hmm. has gone up uh, considerably. But we're going to talk about some of the neighborhoods that I think are the best bet for location, size of home and they get the bet the highest rents hmm. um but to answer your question about the market at the time right there were so many listings available right after COVID hit and it made you think wow these are real these could be really risky because we don't know how long the pandemic's going to last yeah. and we we you know people are just kind of uh under pandemic they they have to stay put right but look what happened they started traveling by car uh governor ron DeSantis kept our state open for business and when they came down, they wanted to quarantine in their 
vacation home, uh, not in a hotel, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they looked for the biggest home they could get for 300 a night, 350 a night and up and be near the theme parks and have amenities inside the neighborhood. So that led to uh, an increased boom of prices of them as well as getting rented for 80, 90% of the year uh, in certain cases. Um, and now it's about two years later, and those values have kind of plateaued because uh, we're entering another uh, economic mm-hmm. chapter, mm-hmm. if you will, yeah. where we don't really know what's going to happen. But we are starting to see a little bit more volatility again, where you're seeing some listings stay on the market a little bit longer and maybe drop in price a little bit, but not the nosedive like it was right after the pandemic. Yeah, mm. yeah, absolutely. What, um, uh, I guess, yeah, when you think about, like, the the real estate boom that's been happening across the country over the last five, six, seven years, I know we've talked to people in some markets where they've seen how a house that was worth 100000 now is worth 700000 or that. Have you guys seen that kind of drastic increase? Because that, that also means, like, looking forward, you know, potential, um, uh, um, you know, you say prices have plateaued, but people are obviously worried about the values of homes, like, drastically going mm-hmm. down, getting cut in half, 75%. Like, do you see anything like that happening in 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 that market out there right now? I mean, I do have some examples of prices doubling in a short amount of time. And I know my relocations that are coming for the long-term residential areas, they don't want to buy something that was 350 in 2019 that's now 700. They don't want to be that person buying on that side. Yeah. But I honestly believe Central Florida was slightly undervalued before this whole pandemic took place. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we're one of those Zoom towns, uh, you know, too far out that was just, I can get a big house out here and work from home. I think we have a lot of things to offer to someone relocating as well as the vacation or market. Plus the theme parks are doubling down on expansion. You got Universal Studios doing Epic Universe where they bought a ton of acreage along International Drive and Disney's 50th anniversary is going on. You also have a Brightline high-speed rail train going from Miami all the way up to the East Coast where the cruise ships leave and then over to Orlando and eventually to Tampa. Uh, And it stops at our new Terminal C airport terminal in the Orlando International Airport, which uh, was originally designed in the 60s, Mm. Terminal A and B, for only about 50 million uh, tourists per year, passengers per year. And in 2019, we had 72 million visitors through that airport. So. The expansion is much needed yes. to, to handle the growth, right? Yeah. And so what I see is some of these listings that were 500000 for a large house felt like a lot of value. We're mm-hmm. talking $175 a square foot are now 800000 And you say to yourself, ah, is that going to stay at 800000 at two fifty dollars a square foot? Yeah. Well, some of them need updates mm-hmm. and renovations, and that costs money. And we'll talk about some of that as to why it might make sense to get something that needs a little bit of updating and renovations Mm -hmm. to attract a customer renting for a higher price and then book that out more often. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So Justin, tell us, what are um, the top three things people need to know before they purchase a house out there? Well, location and what is allowed. You know, a lot of people think they're gonna find this no HOA, save on cost, convert the house into an airbnb and just do it and say leave me alone that's my house well Mm -hmm. orange county florida has laws against short-term rental in most of the areas of the county Mm -hmm. Uh, you can do airbnb in uh, no hoa areas of orange county but you can only rent out half the house 
kind of like oh. renting rooms. Yeah. So that's not for everybody because most people say, I want to buy this asset. I live in some other state. Yeah. And I want someone to run it and just collect the money. Mm -hmm. That's why that area south of 192 in Osceola County is specifically designed for vacation homes. Mm. And the HOAs of those neighborhoods are designed for short-term rental only, not for long-term rental. Mm -hmm. um, so that's the area I would focus on okay. unless there was some unique situation where you were going to be living in Central Florida nearby yeah. and you can manage it or live in it. Yeah. But that's pretty rare. Yeah. Um, the second thing I would look for is traffic and proximity, because when you see these advertisements of Davenport, 20 minutes to Disney, uh, that might be a little bit far-fetched. Our traffic is getting more and more dense with that I-4 corridor. Mm. And the last thing you want is for one of your bookings to come and give you a bad review because they didn't like the location, something you can't change. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So... Just in, in real estate, the most important thing is location mm -hmm. first. Mm -hmm. Secondly, the amenities in the neighborhood. People go to the parks. They go to Disney Universal. They get really tired walking around those theme parks. And one of those days of their seven-day vacation, it's great when they can just stay on the resort yeah. Yeah. and go to some water park or amazing community pool. And the kids can go to a little movie theater right there in the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. yeah. So that's a huge draw, and it allows you to charge more money for your short-term rental. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then the third thing I think would be size. Um, a lot of times you'll see bedroom counts of five bedrooms, six bedrooms, nine bed, 13 bedrooms. But besides just bedroom count and the number of sleeps number, like sleeps 20, sleeps 18, yeah. uh, you want some common area spaces in the floor plan of the townhome or the single family home. Because when everyone's on top of each other for the whole week with multiple families living in the same house for that week, it's not as good as when you have a little more space to spread out. Yeah. It seems like that might be a unique thing about, I mean, maybe not a unique thing about that market, but um, uh, when we were putting together our, uh, our market scorecard for this, you know, we, we, and if you guys want to link to that, check the show notes below the podcast and we'll send this over to you guys, but it's got some information on there about like uh, starting with a two bedroom home and going up to a seven bedroom home. What's kind of the average uh, a sell price that home as of November 22 um, for a two bedroom home up to seven bedroom. And you like the numbers, they start to pencil out the higher, um, you know, the, the room count gets like the, mm -hmm. you look at the two bedroom home. It's like, eh, that, that doesn't really do great um, yeah. in this market specifically versus you start to get up to that seven, eight, nine. Yeah. I don't know how big they get down there, but the numbers start to make way more sense based on the research that that's on that scorecard. Um, do you feel like that's a unique, like, when does it stop? Like, where do you, how big do you see yeah. it's getting? It's too big. Yeah, how big is too big? You're, yeah, I mean, you think about it, we don't have an ocean view, right? Yeah. We're not on the beach mm -hmm. where you rent a two-bedroom or a one-bedroom condo. As long as you got that ocean view, you can charge a lot of money. Yeah. We're going for volume. We are the vacation destination where you pack the minivan full of people and you meet up with your extended family and you guys all vacation together. And you want value because instead of doing three or four hotel rooms, for $200 a night per hotel room, mm -hmm. you can pack everybody into one of these big houses, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's the key. And what I've found is the the condominium style where it's a four-story or maybe six or 11-story condominium style, those typically only get $99 a night, $129 yeah. a night. Yeah. Uh, so even if you were to purchase them for in the high 200000 or low 300000 there's going to be a point of diminishing returns because you're paying condo fees, HOA fees, taxes, all that stuff. So the, to the next category is called townhomes where they're attached 
to one another. And sometimes you have an end unit and those can get into the 350s to 450,000 and get a little bit more money per night. Sometimes they have their own little splash pool in the back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, then you got your single family homes, which can go from four five all the way up to 13 bedrooms. And to answer your question, I feel that once you get past eight or nine bedrooms, it's just excessive. Yeah. yeah. It's a, a luxury purchased for like a celebrity, yeah. uh, you know, uh, back in the day, Orlando City Soccer had uh, the famous soccer player called Kaká from Brazil. Mm. And uh, their team asked us to find the, his whole group of 16 or 20 people, Whoa. one vacation home to rent for the week. Wow. And we found one in Reunion that had a bowling alley in it and a movie theater. And it cost $16,000 a week. Oh, yes. Dude, that host, when you guys booked that, they were like, score. That's yes. a huge payout. Yeah. So, but that's, those are just, you know, two, three, four million dollars or up to $10 million. They're, yeah. they're those uh, Lamborghinis luxury purchases that we're not really talking about on this show. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, back to the, the kind of the sweet spot, right? Yeah. I feel it's, um, it's a five to eight bedroom home, maybe nine bedroom with at least 2,600 square feet, maybe up towards of 38, almost 4,000 square feet. The more, the better in some cases. Mm-hmm. You got to have some sort of game room space. A lot of times they convert the garages for those and they put an air conditioner in there. You want to have multiple master bedrooms with queen or king size beds. You want to have bunk beds, theme rooms, its own pool. And you want to be close to uh, those amenities within the neighborhood as well as distance to the theme parks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of make sure that the house is a destination itself, almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, they tell their friends, their family, you gotta stay at this one. Here's the link. Yeah, you know, it was amazing, and the host was so great. And check it out. And it's like there, a lot of people that don't have a a large uh, home like that in the place they're coming from, yeah. they're just kind of enamored with the Florida weather, mm-hmm. and maybe it has yeah. like a Mediterranean tile roof, and it looks like one of those McMansions, right? Yeah. And uh, just makes you feel like a rock star for that yeah. week. Yeah. So I'm going to, after this, we'll jump into like, what are maybe the top five kind of communities or HOAs, or I don't even know what they call them down there, but where should people start looking? But before we get there, explain to us, um, I think it's a unique thing about that market. You get these communities that are designed around selling houses for people to buy to use as short-term rentals, which is a pretty unique uh, unique thing. What types of things does the community take care of for people if they're thinking about, and I know that's like broad brush, but like for the most part, what do these communities take care of for people if they buy homes in these communities? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's not just for vacation or for some, it's a tax shelter mm-hmm. for people from different countries with volatile currency. We saw Brazil buy up everything when the real was high. And then when that currency market flipped, they could sell for a loss and still kind of break even. Uh, so it's it's more than just vacation or stuff. But the point is, they those HOAs can be kind of scary numbers. We're talking 450 a month, 600 a month, but they do cover a lot. So they're going to cover all the common area uh, maintenance, like a regular HOA neighborhood would, as well as most all of them cover your own landscaping around your house. Mm. And sometimes the paint on the exterior of the home every five to seven years. Hmm. Uh, For townhomes, it covers the roof. So if there was any damage from the hurricane, uh, it's gonna cover roof replacement as well as roof repairs. Uh, The use of the community center, which has amazing swimming pool and it's staffed with a 24 hour concierge and restaurant and games and this and that. So 
you do feel like oh and, and usually a guard gate too mm. where you where the guests have to check in with id mm. okay and uh even myself as a realtor i have to show my realtor id and have a reason to be in there mm. so it that's a great thing for your guests to have upon arrival is to feel like oh we've entered a fancy neighborhood with a guard gate right <laughs> yes so that's kind of what you typically see with okay. those higher hoas and it's what you expect yeah um if it's a condominium, that's going to cover all the building maintenance and insurance on the property, mm-hmm. and you just work on what's on the inside. Very cool. Well, tell us, yeah, if if uh, someone is coming down there, and again, before we get into specific like budget or anything, um, when you think about best returns for homes and that kind of sweet spot you were talking about, what communities would you recommend people start looking in? So in that corridor along I-4, and 192 and to the west there's a highway that runs north and south called highway 27 and that area is called the four corners but basically when you are coming down i4 and you're all excited about you got from the airport to disney and you see all these billboards for disney and in fact when you get off of that exit you see espn wide world of sports Mm -hmm. yeah and it says magic kingdom this way which is really exciting and the first neighborhood that's there it's been there a while it's called windsor hills It's not the newest neighborhood, but it has that proximity where you Mm -hmm. feel like you're basically five minutes away from the back way into the parking lot Mm -hmm. of Magic Kingdom. Um, In there, you might find some homes from 2004, 2006 that are going to start to need new roofs soon, which is a major expense. New AC units and stuff like that. As you go further down, another one you can see from the highway is called Reunion. Reunion is a huge neighborhood with tons of golf courses and some of those mega luxury homes we were talking about as well as the condominiums, the townhomes, the medium-sized homes. And there's a section within Reunion called Encore Club at Reunion that uh, we actually have a listing there right now that's priced around seven twenty, mm-hmm. and it's six bedrooms, mm-hmm. 3,400 square feet. It's priced at two sixteen a square foot, I think. Mm-hmm. It averages about 300 a night. Uh, occupancy was about 67 70% last year, and it could have been higher, but this particular customer used it as their own vacation home quite a many weeks. So that's something we can talk about in just a bit where I say don't judge a book by its cover sometimes. When you see those occupancy numbers and and price per night, you got to find out the whole story. It could be one where that family booked off a bunch of key weeks like spring break Mm -hmm. and Christmas, and they didn't get that money from that time. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it it could be the the ugly duckling that you bring up in terms of profit. Yeah, yeah. And then one other I like to point out is just one more exit down I-4. It's called Champions Gate. Mm-hmm. Uh, Davenport and Champions Gate are they kind of the same zip code. But this one is by Lennar Homes, which is the nation's largest home builder. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're known for kind of track homes, but they do them really well. Yeah. And that's something that scares a lot of investors when they see that there's so many homes next to one another where like everybody gets the same. Uh, but within the neighborhood, we tend to break it down for people and show them that there's certain floor plans that do better than the other floor plans. Mm. And the location in the neighborhood also matters. So we can help them find which one might make the most sense. But that neighborhood has, it hits on everything we were talking about with the amenities, the guard gate, the size of the homes, uh, the golf, and still being within a relatively close proximity to the parks. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. That's super helpful. Yeah, definitely. Um. Switching gears a little bit here. So for the investors coming in that may live out of state, what are some of the like main common things that come up in inspections that might surprise people or just common down there? 
Definitely. I mean, it can be scary when you've negotiated a price and you have this seven day inspection period where your money is refundable, the escrow deposit, and the inspector gets up in the attic and the roof and they see moisture underneath the roof sheathing. That's the wood panels under the shingles yeah. or the tile. That's a major one. We've got to really negotiate that and say, who's going to fix this roof and how much? Um, and your insurance company, your home insurance company is not going to want to insure that property until they see the four point inspection has a dry roof right yeah or the roof might need to be replaced acs if they're not they, they we're not so much concerned about heat here yeah. <laughs> more about air conditioning and uh you know i think once a year you actually use your heat pump but the air conditioning if it's not blowing cold enough air right the temperature differential and if it's maybe 10 years old that might need to be replaced and those mm -hmm. can run six seven thousand dollars per unit yeah uh but beyond that just looking for normal wear and tear stuff certain appliances might be past their prime yeah. uh, little little leaks might have happened over the years but if they were fixed and dried out properly that should be fine so we look for those hopefully mostly clean bill of health type uh, reports mm -hmm. where we can then focus on what type of contractors do we want to bring in for uh, handyman style fixes or updating flooring and light fixtures and cosmetic items yeah. i hear you guys have some pretty big rodents down there too uh yeah and we got bugs big bugs <laughs> that's why you see all those green cages over the pools a lot yeah. of people have that question like what's that for it's like well there's a lot of bugs in florida yeah. yeah um and it's much more desirable to have a pool area where you're not getting bit by mosquitoes or yeah. having big bugs come yeah. but but yeah alligators it's like they're in every body of water pretty, pretty much yeah. but they don't mess around and come near humans yeah. uh, very often and there's just this they kind of want to stay away from us but um Major stuff like uh, sinkholes and settling, that's not a huge uh, deal because the builders build up these lots and they do what's called soil compaction tests mm. where they make sure the soil is can handle the weight of the slab and there's no sinkholes beneath. Um, same thing with hurricanes. A lot of people ask about why is it block construction on the first floor and then wood frame on the second? And we're actually doing a lot of wood frame homes first and second floor nowadays. Uh, because the wind loads in central Florida are not as extreme as South Florida. Mm. Yeah. So they don't need to withstand 150 mile per hour winds. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and the way they do the trusses that are strapped down to the walls with metal straps, it, you can do what's called a wind mitigation study during your home inspection and show that to the, uh, home insurance company and save money on your home insurance. Mm. I feel That's like I just told a joke and it went over everyone's head. I said, you guys have some pretty big rodents. <laughs> I was thinking of one specifically that lives uh, in central Florida. Oh, yeah, that guy. What's his <laughs> name? Uh, one um, really big, uncomfortably big rodent that for some reason hangs out around a lot of yeah. children and sings songs and dances. So, I, yeah. A specialized one. The rodent. Definitely. Um, I have my pixie pass. I can only go Monday through Friday because those uh, season passes are pretty expensive. Yeah. But, um, yeah, <laughs> it's it's pretty cool. I mean, you get used to it, right? I grew up in Michigan, and the only thing you could do in the winter was go bowling or movie theater. Yeah, but here, yeah, the sky's the limit. These teenagers have the best life growing up here. Yeah, and people that do come, they're they they love being here. They might not love waiting in line for an hour or two for a ride in the middle of summer. Yeah, but um, I think that speaks to peak seasons, right? Yeah. We pretty much have high season year round. Mm. Yeah. Uh, when the kids go back to school in uh, Labor Day, August, September, that can see a little bit of a slowdown. But, and then some people used to say after Christmas and New Year's, 
that's the best time to go to the theme parks because, you know, there's not as many people. But it's not true. There's still a ton of people yeah. on the first week of January yeah. at these parks because the weather's great. Yeah. So it's just year round. Yeah. And uh, it's more than just the theme parks. They also like to go over to Kennedy Space Center. Yeah. SpaceX launches are pretty cool. Yeah. And the cruise ships are getting ramped back up again from Port Canaveral. And then all the other things that Central Florida has to offer with its proximity to Tampa, Clearwater, mm-hmm. and down to Miami. Yeah. Um, that's that's another draw here. Yeah. From uh, uh, from afar, I hear rumblings of just people having a hard time getting homeowner's insurance in Florida. I haven't actually done a ton of research into what that means. Is that anything that investors need to be thinking about or what what is actually going on with that? And Definitely. You know, you think about Hurricane uh, Charlie in 2004 and and three of them that came through. Then we had a few other hurricanes here and there, but there really wasn't a major hurricane before Hurricane Ian that just happened, as well as a bunch of uh, homes that built in 04, 05, 06 during the boom of Florida building. Some of those have original roofs and those roofs are now 20, almost 20 years old. So what home insurance companies were doing were they were mitigating their risk by saying, if your roof is more than 15 years old, we're just going to drop you from coverage or we're going to charge you some astronomical amount until you re-roof that property. And I think it was for good reason, right? Because then the hurricane came through and guess what? There's a lot of roofs that need replaced. But luckily, the building codes have really come up over the years. So we weren't seeing homes with roofs torn off from the winds, you know, like can openers. Um, we, We lucked out in this storm. A lot of rain, but nothing major in that sense. But but the just like inflation, the cost of home insurance is increasing and it's no longer something uh, $1,500 a year. It could be three, $4,000 a year. Uh, so you want to check on roof age. You want to check on the other major components, electrical, plumbing, uh, water heater, uh, ACs, all those. That's called the four-point inspection. And show that to an insurance agent and say, can I get a quote on this before I commit to this deal? And that's going to help you determine your cost. That's super helpful. Yeah, I just uh, I was we're a part of a, a few different Facebook groups for for short term rental house, and everyone was just like either dropped <laughs> or just these astronomical home uh, exactly home and yeah. even my residential friends uh, that had newer homes in Lake Nona, they just talk on their Facebook group saying, "Yeah, mine went up by two thousand dollars. What's up Gosh. with that?" And then you shop around, yeah. right? Yeah. Yep. But when you get to that point of the roof being a certain age, yeah. no matter who you talk to, they're going to say, ah, the same you know, thing. unless you re-roof that, I'm kind of stuck with this number. Yeah. Mm. Wow. It's a bummer. Well, yeah, we like to kind of end these interviews with just a question to help the average person coming in. Um, uh, was looking it up and and this feels very low. So you might have more up, up-to-date information, but the, the number that I could find for the average home that was purchased um, in uh, uh, the data that I got was from August 2022 was around 360, 370,000. Um, if the average investor wants to come in with that amount of money, be able to do some light renovations, paint, drywall, you know, uh, um, to get it ready for short-term rental, where would you recommend that they that they look with that kind of purchase power? I mean, gosh, I wish they called me about two years ago, yeah. right after COVID hit, because <laughs> yeah. the that... prices have just really come up in those two-year period. Yeah. And and uh, we actually have a YouTube channel. It's called Orlando Property Advisor. Yeah. I've done a couple of these videos about short-term rentals. And I made one almost two years ago talking about this and had one investor come from New Hampshire. And he bought up two houses of these larger size mm-hmm. for about 450 to 550 and we just sold those two houses for eight twenty nine and eight thirty nine. Wow, so that just gives awesome. you an idea. 
the price per square foot. Um, yeah. Yeah. He was actually doing a 1031 exchange to go get something else up in New England. Mm. Otherwise, he would have kept them because they were pulling in 100K gross rental income per year. Wow. That's awesome. Um, but that 350 price point, although I feel that it's a great number to utilize when you're talking about real estate investment, mm -hmm. it makes me think of a long-term rental of a townhome that I could put a nice renter into yeah. Yeah. and get 2200 a month in long-term rent. But I'd like to make more than that if it was in short term, right? Yeah. Um, the problem is the inventory is depleted of good inventory as well as the prices are still kind of propped up a little bit. Mm -hmm. So I think what we're going to see over the next six months is there'll be a few motivated sellers out there that were at, let's say, 425 for some townhome that might it come down for whatever reason. Maybe it's not performing as well because they haven't put in the effort and the marketing or they want to extract whatever uh, equity they made over the last few years. Mm -hmm. yeah. So that could be some deals to look for. But when you want to step up into the bigger houses that don't need completely renovated, yeah. that are that are not like 90s and early 2000s homes, I think realistically you need to be playing in the 450 to 600 game. Okay. Okay. Um, and then the larger ones like that 100K gross rental income type homes, those eight, nine bedrooms, you really need to be up in the mid sixes to eights mm -hmm. okay yeah that's, that's that's super super helpful yeah good advice well, well i mean my wife and i looked at the beach we said why don't we get a condo on the beach yeah and i was shocked at how much these beach condos are that are just old yeah, yeah. uh that are million dollar one bedroom of course with that million dollar view of the water but yeah that when that poof just went out the window i had the same kind of mentality in my head maybe i can get one for 350 right yeah, yeah. um so yeah. you, you got to pay to play for quality, but we do help our customers try to narrow down and yeah. find the best within those neighborhoods. And we do video tours for them. So that's something we pride ourselves on is um, finding the best deal for them as well as for what's yeah. out there in the market. Yeah. And before we, before we head out, Justin, we actually found you because of the, uh, honestly, the really, really good, like um, uh, YouTube channel you have where I yeah. feel like there's a lot of YouTube channels that you can have like a 40 minute video that just talk about like not super helpful stuff. Um, and your stuff was uh, just super, super helpful. And we, yeah, we watched well a ton of it over the last, the last couple months here prepping for this, but, um, but yeah, do you want to tell people like for that YouTube channel you have, what's your goal with that? What type of content do you post? And um, uh, yeah. How, how do people find that YouTube channel? Yeah, definitely. I wish I had started YouTube earlier, you know, back in, 2015 I started posting to Facebook just videos of listings and neighborhood stuff and then I started doing more uh, YouTube just because I felt we had a lot of great information to share about our Orlando market and take people behind the scenes sometimes it was luxury listings in like Golden Oak Disney where you would never get to see inside that house uh, unless we had that listing mm -hmm. and then the desk videos where uh, kind of like a meet Kevin channel where he's talking about financials mm -hmm. and the where's the market going and and how to, one I did was called How to Invest in Orlando. Mm. And we talked about Lake Nona and getting a townhome for like 250 which are now 400 um, So I think it's just after being in real estate for 10 years and wanting to share some of this information, it was just a great platform to do it on. And we're continuing to evolve with it and try to show more of yeah. what's changing and happening here so that we can reach more customers from afar yep. and help them make good decisions. Well, I love that. Even you, you yeah. did one, uh, I forget that 
the gentleman's name that you did it with, but where you guys actually dove into looking at, hey, does it make more sense to buy a place on the beach or in mm. Orlando area? And just like, yeah. it wasn't just yeah. like you guys sitting there to like, you're diving into like MLS and yeah. like picking out properties. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was, uh, yeah, real time. Yeah. That was a realtor friend that I met from Jacksonville and he does some YouTube stuff too. Yeah. And like I was saying, my wife and I were looking at beach and I said, that's a cool premise because this yep. California customer called me and said, should I buy something on the beach or near Disney? Yeah. And they're both good yeah. options, but they're different, Yeah. right? What you get there is different than what you get near Disney. Mm-hmm. So just wanted to share that with people. And uh, I'm glad it led to us speaking. Yeah. So thank you again for having me on the on the podcast. Yeah. It's been Thanks great. So totally. And uh, a couple of things before we head out. One is if you want to get in touch with Justin, um, either just to follow up on something we talked about in this podcast or uh, to ask some questions about potentially purchasing a property out there. Again, check the show notes. We'll have uh, a link where you can get in touch with him as well as our uh, Central Florida Market Scorecard. Um, on there, some of the stuff you'll see is uh, is just what what cities, what regulations you might want to watch out for if you're planning on purchasing. Um, as well as uh, we yeah we created a chart just with uh, two bedroom to seven bedroom homes, what the kind of average purchase price is, what you can expect average gross revenue, occupancy, all that um, super helpful information. And the link to that is in the show notes as well. So um, yeah. Make sure and fill those out. Get in touch with Justin. Justin, I want to buy a property. I know. When <laughs> we we're ready, there. we will come <laughs> no. to you. For sure. We we actually I uh, I just filmed one that I think is a great price. I'll send you the video link. Yeah, totally. Hey. We'll put that we'll put that uh, uh, down there too so people can kind of see what a what an ideal property is. Jenny and I actually both lived in Orlando and worked at Disney World yeah. um, for a while. So we that's like kind of the dream is eventually we can get to a spot where uh, we can buy one of these bigger homes down there because that would be a dream. But dream for us, we love yeah. Florida. It's the most magical place on earth, it especially is. when you're making money, right? Yeah, right. That definitely <laughs> makes it more magical, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Justin. Thanks, Justin. All right, guys. Thanks again. Thanks, everyone, for joining us for episode four. If you liked what you heard today, please subscribe and give us a five-star review. And come back next month as we jump into the Smoky Mountains. Mm-hmm.